Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. our community was rocked. There was a, a chorus teacher in the, in the high school, his name Samuel Miller, and he actually was playing a volleyball game with this, it was a student faculty game. After the game, he went back to his room, he wasn't feeling very well and had a massive heart attack. He was only 20-some years old. And this is a picture of his family. Had a massive heart attack and, and the students there and the teachers the faculty, they began to do CPR and uh, grab the defibrillators and use those things as well. Long story short, they take him, took him, life flighted him actually to Emory Hospital in, in Atlanta. And there he was on all the mechanical devices to keep him alive. The doctors told his wife after a week of being there that his survival was not likely, that he probably would die. And through the process of that, that they began to, you know, they could tell that he was beginning to um, hemorrhage on his brain and that he would have brain damage if he did survive. So the decision was made that they would take him off the machine and that they said when they took him off the machine that um, if he did make it, they, the only option they would have would be to put a mechanical heart in and it would be a 5% chance that he would even make it. And so we prayed, our church prayed, our community was praying. And so as they took him off the machine, expecting him to die, God began to move. It was, it was defying everything that the doctors had said because instead of him dying, his heart, they pronounced his heart dead already. They said his heart is dead. And instead of that widow make a heart attack, taking him out and killing his heart, as soon as they took him off the machine, it began to beat on its own. And every day it got stronger and stronger until his heart was 100% healed. In God good. In God good. <clears throat> so now you see a picture of his family behind me that... The, the, the daughter was not alive then because she had not been born. And so after that, they were able to have another child. And, and just to let you know, he went on to get his doctorate degree. And he's a college professor now. So uh, he's not brain dead. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? God is doing miracles. I just want you to know that, you know, in this season that we're in, it, it just seems like that we forget that God still does miracles. He does miracles. Wouldn't you agree with me that the Christmas season is a reminder of God's miracles? Yes. I mean, just think about what we're celebrating. We're celebrating a, 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 a virgin who had never been with a man, all of a sudden conceived a child through the Holy Spirit. That's a miracle. Would you agree with that? Yes. And then we're celebrating, you know, think about the wise men, how that they followed a star. They, they followed the star, and as they followed the star, it led them right to Jesus. It was a miracle. 
the shepherds in the field. They were in the field. You know, they were, why were they in the field? Because that's what shepherds go. That's what they do. They live in the field. And they were in the field tending their sheep and getting ready to go to sleep. And as they laid their little cot out for the night, their little, you know, sleeping bag out for the night, all of a sudden the sky lit up with a heavenly host and an angel appeared and announced that there would be a Savior that was being born. And right then and there, it was a miracle. What I'm trying to tell you is that Christmas season is about a reminder that God still does miracles. Oh, and if you lose sight of that, you're going you're to miss this opportunity for God to do a miracle in you. And so that's why I would like to tell you today that we're going to talk about how to receive a Christmas miracle. Could anybody use a miracle today? Let me see your hand. Anybody? All right. Today we're going to talk about that. And God wants to do a miracle for you. That's what you have to understand is it's God's desire. So I want to talk to you about three things today through the Christmas story that is going to help you understand how to receive a miracle. The first thing I'd like to share with you again is this, this point. I want you to write it down and I'm going to give you a little background. The first thing is this. Is number one is believe God for the miracle and trust him with the how. Believe God with the miracle and trust him with the how. As we enter this Christmas story, again, so many times we enter this season we enter it through the, the supernatural. We think that, you know, it's all about the supernatural. So it's not human, but, but if, you, if you look through that, those lenses, you're going to miss the Christmas story because the Christmas story was all about humans. It was about people like you and me. Mary and Joseph were human beings. They were not super spiritual beings. They were people like you and I, humans. And all of a sudden, the angel comes, and, I, and an angel comes. When the angel comes to talk to Mary, and it doesn't, he doesn't have on wings or whatever. He comes in a human form. He's a per, like a person standing there that she can tell that there's something different about this guy. And he begins to tell her that you've been chosen by God, that you have been favored by God, and that God is going to, to uh, help you have this child that's going to be his son and all of that. And Mary is like, what are you smoking Man, that's some, you won't crack or something. I mean, you, you have to, from a human's vantage point, that's exactly what's going on. She's not going, oh, wow. It's not, it's not that. If, if, you, if you only see the, the, the story as super spiritual, you're going to miss the connection between you and God. And, and so Mary begins to, to begin to ask questions. And, and, and because a miracle has been proclaimed already, but she has to do something to receive it. So let's look at her response. Look what it says here. Would you read with me those first four words that Mary has for the angel? Let's read them. Ready? Come on. How will this be? <laughs> when you look at a miracle right now, when you look at what needs to be done, aren't you asking the same question? How will this be? So, so Mary, but when the angel says, this miracle is coming your way, God's pronounced, he sent an angel to Mary to tell her the miracle's on the way. And the first thing that she said is so human is what we say is, how can this be? How will this be? How can this be? I don't, under, I don't know. I don't know. And then she goes on and look what she says. Mary asked the angel. Now, let's just say those next five words. You ready? Since I am, she gave a reason why it couldn't happen. She said, not only how can this be, but hey, you don't know who you're talking to here. I have never been with a man. I got this sign that says, can't touch this. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, you got to loosen up this morning. And, and so she began to say, you know what? I, I've not been with anybody, so how can this be? Because, and he gives the, she gives a reason why it can't happen. I'm a virgin. In case you didn't notice, you don't know. So the angel, notice what the angel's reply was. Look at the angel. The angel answered, would you read the next three words with me? You ready? Come on. The Holy Spirit. Oh, did you hear that? Yes. How can this be? I tell you, it can't happen because I'm a virgin. It just can't happen. It's impossible. And the angel said, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of those high will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called who? The Son of God. So I want to ask you a question. What are you telling God that cannot happen in your life? What miracle, what miracle have, you been, have you been praying for? You say, God, I need this miracle. But in your mind, you're saying, well, that can't happen. It can't happen. Because I want to tell you that, you know, you and Mary have a lot in common. And, I, and myself and Mary have a lot in common because we all pray those prayers. But our human mind gets involved with that. And we answer before God can do anything that it can't be happened. I want to tell you, he said, how is it going to happen? It's through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is amazing, and, and, and I know it's mystical in some people's minds and because, you know, when you read the King James, King James Version, it says the Holy Ghost. And so when it says, uh, when you read and hear the Holy Ghost, we think about Casper the Friendly Ghost, right? Or we think about Ghostbusters. And, and, and listen, if you're younger than that, you'll have to Google it, all right, because I can't think of any other examples. <laughs> but what I want to share with you is, is that you have to understand that the Holy Spirit is the most powerful force on, on the planet and in heaven as well. Amen. It's God's Spirit. Now, let me, let me explain. I want to explain the Holy Spirit to you just like Jesus explained it. And so I have this fan sitting here. And so I want to ask you, when I turn this fan on, what's going to happen? It's going to, it's going to what? It's going to blow what? Air. air. Okay. Now, are you going to be able to see the air? No. You're not going to be able to see it. Uh, you, well, how do you know it's blowing? Feel it. uh, you'll be able to feel it? Yeah. Okay, well, let's just try and let's see. So you see the fan is blowing. You can't see it at all, but there's power because you see all of this moving, right? And some of you guys right now are starting to feel some of that, aren't you? It's coming your way. So, you, so the Holy Spirit is like Jesus. It's like this air right here. You can't see it. But the only thing is that you will be able to feel uh, and you'll feel the effects and you'll be able to see the effects of the Holy Spirit, but you'll never see it. And because, and because we can't see God's Holy Spirit working, we think he's doing nothing. But he said, no, 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 no. I'm doing something. It's just like this wind. You can't see me, but I'm doing something. And so I'm making things happen that you cannot see. The Holy Spirit is working in your life. The Holy Spirit is powerful. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> Watch this. Oh, it gets better. I mean, you know, there's a story in the Old Testament about a guy by the name of Balaam who was riding a donkey one day. He was riding his donkey, and he was doing something that God did not want him to do. And the Holy Spirit of God come on that donkey, and that donkey turned around and talked to that man. Yeah. Turned around and said, why are you beating me? 
I've been good to you. The, the, now, wouldn't that freak you out if, the, if your horse or your, or your donkey turned around and talked to you? The Holy Spirit is powerful. And you know what? That, that just excites me. It should excite you because the King James Version calls a donkey an A. Yeah. And if God can use an A, he can surely use you and me. Amen? <laughs> I know I'm qualified because if he can use a donkey, he can sure use me. And if he can use a donkey, he can use you, right? That's right. No matter what they call you. <laughs> the Holy Spirit did that. Watch this. One, uh, when my son was about 16, 17 years old, his car was broke down. He wanted to use uh, his mother's car. And so we said, sure, you, you can use it, but you cannot go here. We told him where he could not, you cannot go there. You understand? Oh, yes, Dad. Oh, I would never do that. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Then all of a sudden, you know, at nighttime, it's night. We get a call about 10 o'clock at night. Dad? Yeah, what's up, son? Uh, mom's car won't start. Okay. Where you at? I'll come get you. Uh, 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 uh. At the very place we told him not to be. I'm on my way. We go over there to where he's not supposed to be, and there he is. Get there. I said, we'll talk about this later. Where's... So I get the key, give me the key of the car, I get over there, put the key in ignition, turn it over, and it fires right up. Never had another problem with that car. <laughs> Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Do your work, Holy Spirit. The greatest thing you got going for you is the Holy Spirit. If you're a parent, if you're a spouse, the Holy Spirit can go and do what you can't do. He can be where you cannot be. He is almighty. He is great. He is awesome, the Holy Spirit. Amen. I said, boy, you can't hide from God. <laughs> it's horrible being a pastor's kid. It's the Holy Spirit. And so what I want to tell you today is this, is that, listen, you say, Pastor Jeff, how do I get the Holy Spirit? Well, first of all, you ask Jesus Christ in your life. And, he, and the Holy Spirit's what comes inside of you. That's why you say, well, I want to ask Jesus in my life. But, you know, Jesus, uh, you see Jesus, you picture him coming into you. No, no, no. It's his spirit that comes in. What you cannot see or touch, like we talked about that fan, but all of a sudden the evidence will show up. And so today... I know that some of you, someone's here that needs to receive Jesus. And so what I'd like to ask every one of you to do is help me make that easy for them. So we're going to all take the prayer. We're going to take this program out right here. And we're going to read that prayer to become a Christ follower. And I'm asking you, that's you. You know who you are. Today you're going to mean this prayer. It's going to be more than words. And God's going to save you. And he's going to change your life. Amen, everybody? Amen. So let's pray it. You ready? Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Please help me turn from my sins and do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, everybody. Let's give God a hand. The Holy Spirit. Look, 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 watch this. 
See, that was just words to everybody in this room except for the person that received it. Amen. The Holy Spirit just moved into some people's houses. Amen. And so we ask you, to, all we ask you to do is just on the back of this card, just check the box as I pray the prayer to become a Christ follower so that we can pray for you. All right, number two. The second thing is this. If you want to receive a Christmas miracle, here it is. Number two, would you write this down? Release others from unmet expectations. Release others from unmet expectations. Now, I almost called you at three this morning to talk to you about this. Because this, this is going to make your Christmas better. Now, we just talked about Mary. Now, remember, we're talking about human beings here. So we're going to look at Joseph's side of the story. So here we go. We launch into that in Matthew's gospel. Look what it says. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a what? She became what? Through the power of who? The Holy okay. I'm glad you got all that down because Joseph ain't buying it. And neither would you, right? Look what Joseph said. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and not, did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to what? Break the engagement. How? Quietly. quietly. Circle that word quietly. We're going to come back to that. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by who? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. And she will have a son. And you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife. Now watch this. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. I want to ask you a question. Do you think that Joseph had some expectations of his wife? Yes. I mean, he had, he, he'd been dating her a while. I mean, they had been, you know, um, betrothed to each other. They, 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 were, they were committed to each other. They were as good as married. All they had to do was have the ceremony and the consummation, and it was done. And so Joseph's expectation was that he would be talking to Mary about all the things that they would be planning on. He wouldn't be talking to her. His expectation was all the good things and not about a breakup. So now he's talking to Mary about a breakup. And we know that Joseph really loved Mary. I mean, he really, really loved her, and, and it broke his heart. And the reason we know that is because Joseph said he was going to put her away quietly. You know what? Because if Joseph wanted to, all he had to say was that when Mary said, you know, I'm pregnant. By the way, Joseph, I'm pregnant, and it's God's baby. Hmm. Come on. I mean, he, he thought the same thing that you thought. Yeah, right. And, and, and so Joseph, I'm praying this is going to be God's baby. And so Joseph was infuriated. I mean, he was mad. He wanted to know where the person was that really did this to you. And, and, and she said, it's God's, it's God's. He said, yeah, right, Mary. Come on, get with it. I don't know what you're on, but no, 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 no. This is not God's baby. And Joseph at that moment decided that he would put her away. And the reason we know that he really loved her, because if he really wanted to get even, all he had to do was say, Mary, come out into the streets. And he'd call her an adulterer in front of everybody else. And according to the Old Testament law, they would kill her right there. They would just stone her to death right there. Amen. It was a miracle of God that Mary survived. But it was caused the love of Joseph. Amen. Don't you think that Joseph was expecting, he had a right, he had an expectation what his wedding day was going to be like? How did he have all his friends come over and how they would have this big party, this big celebration, it would be so good. 
But no, Joseph had to marry her pretty much privately because she was expecting a child already. And, that, and all the rumors begin to, begin to swirl around and about them and whose baby really was it? What about his wedding night? Don't you think right that Joseph had this expectation? You know what? That, hey, you know, we're going to get married, and tonight we're going to consummate this marriage, and whoa, la, la, la. Now, you t- you're too spiritual. See, you don't go, you don't want, oh, not Joseph. Oh, no. Yes, Joseph. He's been dreaming, baby. We're going we're gonna to have a time tonight. Look at you. Look at you. Look. <laughs> See, I'm telling you, you read the Bible too spiritual. No, 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 no. You've got to get in the real world. Rhonda and I dated four years. I can tell you what. This is a long time. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Joseph's in the same boat. Mm-hmm. But the Bible said that Joseph could not touch her until after the child was born. He's more of a man than me because he, can, he, he helped bathe her, take care of her, and this baby coming, he had to look at her naked and can never touch her. I, I know this is a little bit much, probably more than what you wanted, but you've got to get down to the real before you can let, let God touch you where you are because if you keep them here, then, then they're there. And you know, God, that's them, and this is me. No, they were where you are. Where you are. So this unmet expectations Joseph had to let go of. And so now we, that's where many of us are, right? Because we're holding on to old feelings. And when you're holding on to those old expectations, those old feelings, you can never move into the new season that God wants you to move into. See, here's what I'm telling you. Some of you are going to miss Christmas. You know why? Because you're trying, you have the good feelings that you had when you were a child or that when your children were smaller, it was like, oh, it was so good back then. And you're still trying to duplicate what you had back then, and you're going to miss what God's got for you now. Did you hear that? You know, some people want to live in the honeymoon of their marriage. And let me tell you something. You've got to get on with real life. And if you just hold on to that feeling, you're never going to enjoy the season that you're in now. You're never going to, you're never going to enjoy what you have now as long as you're trying to hold on to the past feelings. And some of you, it's bad stuff. You know, you're holding on to it. And, and, and what it's causing you stress. You're beginning to stress out. And here's why. It's because it's like when you try to hold on to good feelings and bad feelings, it's like me holding this table right here. You know, I got it right now, but I can tell you in a little while it's going to get heavy. And it takes more energy and more effort for me to begin to hold this table. And that's what it's like when you're trying to hold all these old feelings, well, the good ones and even all the bad ones. You're just stressed out because you're trying to hold on to what you got to let go of. Merry Christmas, somebody. Merry Christmas. See, you can, you can enjoy Christmas now, even though if it's not, you don't smell the smell that you smelt when you was a kid and, you know, you don't hear all the songs and you don't have the feelings. Let's let go and receive the new feelings. New. Let it go. Mm, mm, mm. So my question to you is this, is what do you need to let go of? You see, when you let go of the old, the new, the love of God can flow. The people around you, the love in their life, it can flow. But you've got to let go of the old. 
And so I have a next step for you. Here it is. Look what it says. I will do my best to release my feelings of unmet expectations. Because when you let go of that, you'll get better. And you'll have a Merry Christmas. Matter of fact, just Merry Christmas. Because you just got it right there. All right. Number three. The third thing in order to have a Christmas miracle is this. It's trust God's plan in times of stress. Trust God's plan in time of stress. Again, I'm about to read to you the Christmas story, this very, the famous part. And by the way, listen, we're having our Christmas Eve services in, in two days on Tuesday. And I'm looking for, I've loved speaking to you about the Christmas story. And so I'm going to share again from it. It's going to be awesome. I hope that you'll bring your family out. But when I begin to read this now, all of a sudden your mind's going to go to the spiritual. You go, oh, ain't that so sweet? Oh, that's so good. Mary and Joseph, little Jesus, oh, that's so good. But in their eyes, it wasn't so good. Listen to this. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quinarius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of where? Nazareth in to? To where? To Bethlehem. To the town of David because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Here's what I want to say to you. Before I, before I get right into that, I want to share something with you. My daughter, Caitlin, graduated last year from Clayton State University. So her, this is a picture of her uh, degree. It's there, and, and we're, Rhonda and I are very, very proud of that degree. Amen. Lots of money for that degree. Hallelujah. <laughs> very proud of her. What, what that degree says is this. That degree says that she went four years to this school. She had to go through Clayton State in order to get her degree. And the reason I share that with you is this, is because she went through that, you had to go to that university. What I want to share with you is this, is that sometimes you have to go through the university of adversity in order for God to bring out of you the great thing that he has in you. Say it again. Sometimes you have to go through the university of adversity in order for God to give birth and bring that great thing that's in you out. Here we go. Here it is. You ready? Joseph and Mary, she's in about her... Her ninth month, we know that. And all of a sudden, this decrees come that, that Joseph has to go and she has to go with him. And they have to go from, from, uh, from Nazareth, where they're at, to Bethlehem. It's about a 50-mile trek. It's a seven-day journey with a donkey just walking. You so we think of this in today's term. Listen, it's not, it's not like a Ford on a freeway. I mean, here they they are. They're going on this journey. And as they're going on this journey, Mary's on the back of a donkey. 
and, and, it's, and it's up terrain. Listen, if you've ever seen pictures of the Middle East, Ron and I have been there, and, and it's not like flat. It's terrain, it's mountainous, and it's only trails that they're on. And as they begin to walk, Mary's nine, nine months pregnant. She walks as far as she can, and she said, Joseph, I, I, I just can't walk anymore. And about four days into the journey, all of a sudden, she don't know. She's a teenager. She's never had a baby before, but she gets a cramp in her side. She said, oh, I Joseph, something's happening. It, it hurts. And, and he puts her on the back of the donkey. And he, and he says, come on, Mary. We're going to get there. We'll get there and we'll get back before the baby comes. And he's leading her on. And as he begins to lead her, the donkey stumbles a little bit. And Mary feels another pain. And then all of a sudden, she feels another pain. And, and, and it's, it's contraction. I mean, it, it's happening. The baby's coming. But she doesn't know. She's never had a child. She doesn't know. All she knows is about every 10 minutes, she can't stand it. It hurts. And she starts to cry and she begins to weep and say, Joseph, it, it's hurting so bad. I don't, oh, it hurts so bad. It hurts Joseph. And, it, and Joseph doesn't know what to do. He sees, he can see the lights of, of a little community called Bethlehem. And he says, we're going to get there, Mary. We're going to get there. And he gets so stressed out. He's stressed. He's beginning to, himself beginning to sweat because he's trying to get her there. And he can't get her there. And she's crying. Oh, it hurts. It hurts so bad, Joseph. It hurts. I'm dying, Joseph. I'm dying. He's saying, Mary, 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 we're going to get there. It'll be okay. God, please help us. Help us, Lord God. We don't know what we're going to do. Help us. And he, he speeds the donkey up, and they go into Bethlehem. He thinks we made it. We made it. We made it. We made it. Oh, God, thank you. We made it. And he goes in to get a room. He says, I need a room. My, my wife's having a baby. I need a room. And the person there that's keeping the end says, I'm sorry, we don't have a room. No, 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 you, no, 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 no. She's having a baby. I've got to have a room. She's going to have a baby. She's having a baby. It's coming. I've got to have a room. He says, no. And Joseph, God, God, where are you? Where are you? This is supposed to be your child. Yeah, I know what the angel said. Mary, Mary's going to have a baby. She's going to have a baby. And the innkeeper says, you can go to the stable. That's all we got. Go to the stable. And then Joseph leads the donkey into the stable. Mary's on the back of the donkey. And all of a sudden she says, oh, it's coming. Glory. And right there right there as he entered you can't help but to notice that, that the animals are still standing around and you begin to smell the urine from the animal and the feces it's stinky it smells and Joseph said no God where are you where, where, where are you God no and Mary's screaming oh Joseph it hurts it hurts Joseph and she can't go anymore and so he lays her on the straw and right there right there Joseph breaks down and says God how can you do this how can you do this to me how can, how can you do this to me I can't I can't do anything and Mary screams again Joseph it hurts right there in that moment of pain and of stench and of, of feces and everything that's bad Joseph says God where are you and at that moment at that moment Mary gives birth to a baby 
and he reaches down and he picks up the baby and there he wipes it off and there Joseph holds in his hand the son of God, the son of God. Where was God at? God says, I'm right here in your hand, Joseph. I'm right here. The shepherds come and the shepherds look and say, there's the Savior. That's the Savior. It's the Son of God. There he is. And Joseph realized at the end of his stress that God showed up and there was God. There was God. Would you stand with me? What would, what would Joseph say to you and to me that, that need a miracle? You know what he would say to you and me? He would say, always know that God is up to something when it seems like he's doing nothing. You need to know your miracle. Joseph said, we went through everything you could go through. Criticism. We went went through people laughing at us. We went through where we thought that she was going to die. And we ended up in a stable, a stinky stable. But right there, the miracle happened in the stinky stable. Some of you in the stinky stable. Some of you, your marriage is in a stinky stable. Some of you, your relationship with your parents is in a stinky stable. Some of you, financially, you're in a stinky stable. But the miracle happens in the stinky stable. Happens. But you're saying, how can this be? How will this happen? Like Mary said, I'm a virgin. It can't happen. Joseph's like, no way that you were impregnated by God. No way. And your human side of you is saying, no way this miracle can happen. But I'm here today to tell you that Christmas is all about miracles happening in a stinky stable. And today is your day that you say, I'm going to go beyond what I believe and I'm going to step out in faith today and say, God, I'm going to take my miracle today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.